So hello and welcome to the New Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Hodgson. And today I'm delighted to be joined by freelancer Niels Liedlig. How are you doing, Niels? I'm doing great. What about you, man? I'm doing very good, thank you. So please, give us a little bit of background about yourself, what you're doing now, um, and a little bit about uh, some of the uh, new uh, in- exciting projects, uh, professional and personal plans that you're taking. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on. And uh, okay, that's a quite a broad range of questions, but I'll start to just take a step back. So I am a AI newsletter freelancer and ghostwriter, meaning that I make my bread by writing newsletters uh, for AI companies. And this is the venture that I started with about two months ago. I have a background in content marketing and uh, I decided to just try to create my own business as a personal development tool. And right now I'm working on writing a bunch of newsletters and also expanding my services to writing courses for AI companies uh, as I'm toying around a lot with that. And uh, the the plan the next six months is to keep on writing newsletters for some cash flow and then eventually also building out my own courses and monetize that way. Excellent. So it's going to be teaching individuals basically how to do the newsletters, but also how to utilize AI. Yes, exactly. That's something I've been hearing a lot from people in my environment. As uh, I don't know how to code. I'm a tech Hmm noob uh for my age right so um people kept telling me nils you're really good at this chat gpt stuff and you know how to you know write texts using chat gpt that are actually good and i was like what am i really good at this uh i don't think i am but they were like yeah yeah yeah, sure like you should you should work with this and uh, since then i've been consulting a few people on how they can use ai to streamline their workflows And there I'm specifically working with solopreneurs and smaller businesses that, you know, they are doing most of of the fulfillment on their own. And that's kind of where I'm targeting my courses to. Excellent. I think this is really interesting as well, Niels, because people always talk about technology and AI replacing jobs. Here it is that uh, uh, AI is creating a role, ChatGPT, PT prompter, which didn't even exist five months ago. No one even thought about yeah. it. So I think this is just really a great uh, uh, example of the, the movement that's happening and also the new unthought of positions that are being created. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there you're already touching on a really big topic, right? Like for the first time ever, it's the white collar workers, not the blue collar workers being uh, replaced. And I think if we get into all of that, that's a mm. that's a four hour podcast right there. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's a reality. It's the fact that the the architects, lawyers, consultants and programmers, coders who are now under threat from the fact that they need to be able to deliver something different and be able to deliver the value, uh, which is maybe a little bit complicated for um, them to be looking at in the first place. So I think it's very refreshing, but also interesting about the way in which this evolution is creating opportunities and almost creating mm-hmm. new roles uh, that didn't exist previously. Yeah, definitely. And I think something we'll see a lot of in the future 
is, or rather I should say, uh, should say the next one to, year, to two years is just applying the existing AI technology to all of those kind of roles. And in the medium term, I guess we'll see a lot of uh, quote unquote like uh, centaur tasks, meaning it's like half human, half AI, yes. where the humans still do a lot of like quality assurance. And that's something yeah. that I'm already seeing uh, a lot in the writing space and that's slowly yeah. spilling over to other industries too. But what comes after that, uh, that's uh, that's hard to predict. <laughs> but basically, people should be worried then, uh, Nils, that if they don't deliver value, if they're not keeping up with the new technology and how to integrate with it, then they're going to find themselves uh, threatened, if not obsolete, pretty soon. Yeah, I would say so. But uh, many people keep on like hyping up this AI thing a lot. But in reality, it's always been like this, right? Like if... Mm you didn't jump on the computer trend uh, yes. 30 years ago. Like, yeah. how would you do your work without the internet and without the computer? So this is, right. it isn't really as if this AI is coming as this big monster, like coming and destroying all of the white-collar <laughs> workers. It's more like just a, a way that the, the way of working is changing and uh, that everybody just has to adapt to and yeah. rather be early than late. Absolutely. I think it makes a lot of sense. And just to say a little bit more about yourself, Nils, when did you decide that a traditional nine to five, five days a week job was not really for you? What was the what was the stage that you, you th this realization dawned upon you? <laughs> that's a that's a great question. And I don't even know if I can say that I've ever done a traditional nine to five. So okay. for context, I graduated from high school, gymnasium in, in Sweden last year. Yeah, And after that, I started to work uh, full-time for a personal branding agency uh, 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And that you could have said that that's a nine-to-five, but it was still really like sort of be a lot of liberty for me. So I, I wouldn't know how it is to work like a traditional nine-to-five corporate kind of job. Yeah. But even working at the startup, I, I've always been... I like to to take control of things in my own yeah. way, and uh, I don't like to get too much of uh, of a direction by people that supervise me. But okay. more, I'm more like this: fast break things, uh, try to fix it afterwards. Uh, and then I just realized that I wanted to. It was a mix between wanting to try out something new and wanting to use the way of getting self-employed as quote unquote a forcing function which is basically saying uh, I'm getting self-employed now to reach this other goal, which was personal development. Yes. Because, and I don't know if you, would you say that you agree on this when I say that starting your own business is one of the best ways to really supercharge your personal growth? I would agree with that. I would, I think whatever age you do that out, Nils, because it really, uh, um, forces you to have laser focus on your own skills, what's important, uh, because it's one of the most d democratic things in the world is 24 hours. Everyone has it. Uh, <laughs> and how you use your time and be able to use it wisely, I think is absolutely essential. And you could be sent spending sort of 22, 23 hours of the day just going around in circles on uh, boring administrative tasks that aren't taking you anywhere or in conversations with people that aren't giving you anything to move you forward. 
or you can actually be building in terms of your marketing, your business proposition, and also your networking. So I think it's absolutely crucial. And uh, yeah, I think sort of uh, forcing yourself to jump into the cold water is probably uh, a good way to start swimming. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. And I think having your own business or being self-employed really puts this to the test, like your time management skills, your discipline. And it's yeah. also blurring the lines because you don't have a person that's telling you this is productive and this isn't, nope. but rather you're constantly trying to assess, am I doing the right things? Am I spending my time as well as I can spend it? Yeah. And also kind of, uh, and I talk with my girlfriend about this a lot. She's also self-employed. It's like this, this thing between optimizing for the business growth and also enjoying the process, right? Like how much do we try yeah. to maximize the income and business growth and how much are we just like enjoying being self-employed and like taking a one hour breakfast on the terrace and you know that's kind of the balance to strike yeah it, it is the balance to get right because it's uh it's crucial to be out there and creating the the, the, the benefits because you're not gonna have a manager as you say you're not gonna have a timesheet that you have to fill in like a lawyer or a consultant uh it's really down to you to decide what's valuable and 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 where to spend your hours and of course you know no one's going to stop you being on tiktok for five hours a day but if that's not mm -hmm. actually going to deliver you anything then you've probably got a bit of an issue and you probably need to change that so uh there's there's different ways uh, uh around this in terms of how you develop it but what you're seeing already in terms of the the uh, lifestyle of the work style uh, that you that, that you've uh, chosen at the moment. What are some of the, the the benefits and advantages of this, Nils? I mean, the benefits is of course the the flexibility. Uh, I can work from anywhere, and I can also work almost at any time. Yeah, and uh, that's I mean, that's the paramount benefit of being self employed. Yes. I think uh, a big game changer for me was actually narrowing down my offer. Okay. which made it easier to streamline my processes, which means mm -hmm. that I know I don't need to work 40 hours a week to sustain a good income. And right. uh, that has allowed me to be even more flexible on which days I work. Because if you have, a, like, I heard this once that you shouldn't ever be at 100% capacity, but more at like an 80% capacity. Because if you're at the 100% capacity as a freelancer, you are in the freelance nine to five kind of thing, right? Because you have, deadlines every day that you need to keep on doing yeah. so for me it's always been essential to keep the workload relatively low and rather earn a bit less money okay but having more time liberty so that's kind of the, the benefits mm. that i've seen so far yeah well of course you've got the, the, the flexibility to choose whatever meets your requirements and your work mm -hmm. style uh and, and that is one of the beauties because one thing that fits uh, one individual won't be right for you and it has to be tailored and it has to be specific so that you can get the most out of it professionally but of course also personally uh, the balance is absolutely crucial and you realize yourself what makes you happy and what you want mm -hmm. but what are the kind of the 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 negative elements uh, if you've seen any already yet Nils? I think the negative element is that uh, nobody is kicking you in the ass when you aren't doing stuff in the right way, except like yourself. So yeah, that's that's uh, the big problem. I struggle a lot with working from home. Okay. Uh, so for me, I always like to go to coffee shops uh, okay. just to like kind of get out and like have an actual routine because I don't have a separate room for where I'm living and where I'm working. So I can't really draw this line. 
Okay. And that's just uh, improved my sleeping quality and also my work quality yes. um, a lot. And apart from that, I would say, I mean, as we said, you don't have anybody telling you what's right and wrong. And just yeah. uh, that's, I think, a big con, which is mm. you always need to see yourself if you're making the right investments, investing your time the right way, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. And something that's really scary to me, and I think that the same goes for you and, and, and most other freelancers, is like this thought of what if I just like keep on doing the exact same thing as I'm doing right now and don't increase my income mm-hmm. and don't grow in any way the next 10 years. And I just know that all of the effort for growth, it needs to come from myself and like, yeah, I just need to put in the effort and that's a, a scary, but also good feeling. Yeah. Well, it, it is, it is a good feeling because you, the potential is in your own hands, but yeah, the, the need for dedication uh, and, and and the need for consistency is absolutely crucial. Uh, I fully agree with that. That's not something that's disappearing anytime soon. And, you know, I think digitalization is something that is is really sort of transforming transforming society and not just the world of uh, of work itself. But and I think that you know the, the the fact that you have a role which is sort of built around sort of uh, digitalization, you can work from anywhere, you can be able to deliver value to customers and clients. I think is testament to that. But how do you see this evolving in the future in terms of your own uh, work setup and the use of uh, digitalization and, and digital products? That's a good question. Uh, so from the personal side, I think I'll quit Sweden because it's so damn cold here. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's really cold in here. In the uh, winter, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that that's kind of for me, but... In general, I think what's so powerful about digitalization is the fact that you can create digital products with zero marginal cost of replication. Okay. And that just gives so much leverage to one-person businesses and creators like me Mm. because if I wanted to sell a product to, say, 50,000 people, uh, just 30 years ago, I would have had to, I don't know, buy some inventory, get some stock and just like, you know, actually get a, a physical good, like a book or whatever sent to all of those people. Mm. And today I can simply open a Word doc. And if I just have high quality information in my head that is actually useful to other people, right? I can put together a digital course for them and I can distribute it via my social media. It's also free, free yeah. distribution. And free copies to all of them and have an extremely high margin on the product. And that's something that's so, so powerful about digitization in my eyes. Yeah. And completely scalable. Let's be honest about it. As you say, you can set the same thing to one person or a million people uh, and it's the same effort. So the, the, the marginal returns on the uh, uh, investment in the work you do gets bigger and bigger. And I now fully agree on that. I think it's a, a massive uh, uh, advantage um, of how these things are working and again it's kind of that realization that this is happening and being able to harness the power of this revolution or this evolution mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it uh, and not be uh, uh, not be hindered by it mm-hmm. yeah for sure and some another trend that i've been looking at with a lot of excitement is the no code uh, movement which means right you don't need any code anymore to create a lot of automations and workflows tools like zapier or make 
allow people, uh, normies like me, to actually build optimizations and also build minimum viable products yeah. that wouldn't have been possible without any coding knowledge before. And I think that yeah. in combination with other like zero marginal, uh, marginal cost of replication and AI is just a, yeah. an amazing combo for solopreneurs. I think it is too. Uh, and you're right though, being able to use these no-code products, you need to have, be able to give the right prompts. You need to be able to ask the right questions to get the right thing out though as well. So that's also a skill in itself, Nils, that uh, that you're working with and have, uh, uh, are also mastering. Yeah, definitely. It's just uh, the beautiful thing about it is it's just trial and error. And uh, <laughs> with no-code, yeah. it's kind of like, uh, like building Lego blocks together. <laughs> because you have like this, this this first app that you're connecting to the next app and then you can always do the kind of troubleshooting as you see the history and you're like oh apparently something went wrong with this lego block and then you're kind of yeah. modifying it and improving it and it's a it's an amazing thing for entrepreneurs uh, like us because it's the, like you know the beautiful the beauty of the uh of the trial and error pro approach kind of yeah. so Completely, completely, exactly. I think that's uh, I think that's good. What about the, um, the 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 elements of movement? You said you're not too keen on on Nordic winters. Uh, <laughs> I hear I hear you've got a bit of a, a bit of a plan to how to avoid that, Niels. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, right now it's not certain yet where I will uh, move, okay. but I I plan to work a lot from Lisbon this fall. And yes. then we'll see what happens after that. Uh, I think that, and you've, you've uh, certainly spoken to a lot of digital nomads that have lived this lifestyle for way longer than I have. But right. I think at the end of the day, moving to places like Thailand and stuff, it's, it's awesome for the weather. But, yeah. you know, you always want to be close to the family or or what you think. I mean, there's also a reason why you're in, in Stockholm and not in, in Indonesia. Yeah, that... Well, this is also personal choice as well. I mean, if you're a sort of a European base, um, I think also there's the time zone issue. There's uh, the closeness mm -hmm. to family and friends. Uh, and there's also the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, what kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live out of a a, a backpack and have kind of a, a very basic uh, amenities and uh, services around you? Or do you want something mm -hmm. a little bit more uh, uh, familiar in that sense and uh yeah shout out to lisbon there's a there's a lot of things going on there it's a popular destination for uh freelancers and solopreneurs and uh i think it's also something as well Niels, that um a lot of uh countries and particularly cities need in their destination marketing they need to move beyond um tourism and also attracting mm -hmm. uh, corporations and actually think about mm -hmm. this broader class of flexible talent, flexible workers um, that they should mm -hmm. be trying to attract with uh, not just a sunny de destination, but also facilitation mm -hmm. in terms of the uh, 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 social security, the taxes, the accommodation, mm -hmm. all these things around it to try and make themselves as, as interesting and as accessible as possible to uh, 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 digital nomads and freelance talent. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one thing that I noticed here that I wasn't really aware of uh, before becoming a freelancer is how hard it actually is to find high quality information about yeah. the regulations of where you work. Yes. Uh, like just working with an American client, for example, I need to fill out this uh, W8 form. 
Oh my I goodness, yes. To... The new thing's there. <laughs> that that's a, that's a difficult one. And then all your details and to show that you're not registered in the US. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's just so it's just so many barriers to the future mm. of work in that way that still can be removed. And I think Sweden, now I'm not a tax expert, right? But comparing the American tax system, that's like famously really difficult to file taxes with Sweden, where I can just log in with my my ID and file my taxes in yeah. like 15 minutes. Something like that for freelancers on a global basis would be awesome to yeah. just lower the friction of having kind of this global labor market where people can move freely without having to worry about, oh, am I paying the right taxes? Uh, like, mm -hmm. am I just bookkeeping this right according to this law and all that jazz? Mm -hmm. That's something that I hope to see more of in the future. Well, you and me both, and also more clarity <laughs> in terms of where you're based uh, and where you pay your taxes, because I think that's a legitimate issue that a lot of uh, freelancers and digital nomads have is where they pay their If they're moving to several places, uh, they need to have a base. They want to be able to pay their taxes. And, and with all good faith, they want to be able to do it. But to have clarity between the uh, uh, the tax authorities to ensure that they're mm -hmm. allowed to do it uh, 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 properly and also as uh, compliant as uh, possible in terms of their, their, their approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, of course, it's difficult for the tax authorities too, right? If you have, let's say, uh, you, Glenn, are moving around every quarter to a new com country, it's like, okay, where are you actually supposed to pay your taxes? It's yeah. uh, just a completely new environment. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure we'll figure something out. And we we, we, we so, have to, we have to find, because this is the, I mean, I think also we talk a lot, uh, Nils, about the, the, the future of work, but I think increasingly what we're talking about here is the present of work. Uh, people mm -hmm. are choosing this as a lifestyle. Uh, people are choosing this as a way to be able to organize themselves. So it's no longer mm -hmm. the uh, uh, radical fringe activity that it was maybe sort of 10, 20 years ago. Now it's much more common. And I think in the future, uh, I think we've reached mm -hmm. the tipping point. I think more and more people will be choosing this as a, a legitimate uh, option. Yeah, definitely. It's like once you've gotten to the point where you can work from anywhere, there's no going back. Uh, and um, I think we'll see more countries incentivizing digital nomads or freelancers to come and work with them. I mean, we're seeing it with uh, Spain introducing yeah. their digital nomad visa. Hmm. Um, but as you said, there are other ways to incentivize people to come to your country other than just like the tax incentives as you have in Portugal and Cyprus, but yes. also actually like creating a good quality of life. And I yeah. think that um, something that I've been looking at a lot with uh, considering to move to Lisbon is that having so many digital nomads around actually increases the rental prices there by a bunch making okay. it difficult for locals to find, uh, you know, ac accommodation mm -hmm. at realistic prices. And that's uh, also another dynamic to it where I'm like, how can I travel to a place, quote unquote, ethically and, you know, like not uh, taking the home of a bunch of like local people. Right. And that's also where I think that there is still some kind of need for regulation in the, comp in the countries that are actually okay. trying to attract digital nomads to make it sustainable for them. Okay. Yeah. If not, we can get this kind of roller coaster boom and bust where 
everyone's <laughs> de de desperately trying to get as many digital nomads as possible to boost the economy. And then there's too many. Uh, you're not able to be able to give them accommodation or they drive the prices up. And then you have to almost like limit it to force them out and have less. So you get this kind of like <laughs> roller coaster effect that you get too many, then you'll end up with too little and you'll have to start the whole process over again. So I think probably <laughs> a, a, a longer term look at this will be uh, uh, will indeed be, uh, be be important. And I think that that social element as well, uh, whether it's short term or longer term to be part of the the, the, the local fabric fabric of the population um is uh is an important consideration as well mm -hmm. yeah and there you're touching on another incredibly interesting topic which is how will we stay social when everybody works from anywhere in the world right and that's something that's also becoming increasingly relevant with discussion of ai mm. uh like the more ai takes over the less human interaction and the more digitization, the less human interaction. And if everybody is becoming kind of their own one person business or mm -hmm. what, like a freelancer working with bigger corporations, who are you actually spending time with? What's your, right. your office? And uh, how are we creating a new social environment for all those people? And yeah. uh, I think I found part of the answer to that in joining digital communities and okay. doing paid digital courses that gather people with the same interest. But it's still, I'm talking to many solopreneurs that feel lonely in that aspect because they don't know how to meet people in person. Yeah, this is the negative side. This kind of a human cloud makes everything possible, but also that more uh, uh, close proximity, more intimate relationships, perhaps more difficult because the fact that there's always the screen, there's always the distance that gets you so far, but doesn't sort of bring you into... Uh, the human contact, but maybe that actually puts more of a premium on human contact and also more of the fact that uh, uh, you can't really believe anything unless you uh, uh, have it in front of you because everything you see, <laughs> hear, and uh, 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 and listen to these days, there's always that sort of, uh, uh, you know, sort of question mark, is this real or not? Yeah, definitely. And uh, one of my predictions for the future is that we'll have uh, some kind of verification system for information right because as ai lowered the cost of creating new information by a thousand fold mm. new high quality information it is uh we'll just have such an overflow of disinformation that right. we will need new solutions to verify the source and validity of information yeah and no, i i believe so too and i think it goes beyond the simple blue tick uh, type uh, approach that we have at the <laughs> moment. But I think it's going to be interesting. I think we've got a sort of a fantastic sort of uh, setup uh, ahead of us. And it's a great time to be alive, Nielsen, actually making the most of it. So I really appreciate you sharing a few of your first steps of this journey. And it would really invite you to come back uh, in a few months' time and uh, uh, and explain what you've been doing, what you've learned, and, uh, and, and pass on your advice.